Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, let's talk about another government plan that does at times irk uh, folks, uh, taxpayers especially. Um, we all know climate change is real and generally the premise has been put a price on carbon. So we introduced the carbon tax in this country, uh, in this province, sorry. Uh, in about 2008, the premier at that time was Gordon Campbell. Uh, it was revenue neutral. You were given or sent a check uh, home every year in regards to the carbon tax you did pay. Well, in yesterday's uh, budget, uh, lots of um, spending certainly in that budget, $37 billion in new capital spending for schools and hospitals and highways over three years, $8.7 billion in new programs spending spending as well, three years of deficits as well. But within that budget, uh, there was, of course, a conversation around carbon tax. It's going up significantly. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, that particular tax. Uh, Joining me now to talk about carbon tax is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Hello, Richard. Hey, Jess. Good afternoon. afternoon. So were you expecting uh, the the tweaking of the carbon tax and, and the numbers that we're talking about here? Were you expecting that? Yeah, I think um, part of this is the federal government has imposed on BC that they have to reach these targets. I think the fact that it was laid out the way it was and it's happening as quickly as it is uh, came as a surprise here in British Columbia. I think those watching uh, the sector very closely probably anticipated that these carbon tax changes were going to have to come to match uh, those federal requirements. But uh, it's a lot and it's coming fast. And there's a lot of facets here that the provincial government needs to account for as it tries to hit those federal targets. Because there are a lot of businesses in this province that have made decisions around the way that they are going to uh, fuel themselves and uh, heat their facilities and run their operations uh, that will start costing a lot, lot more over the next few years. And there are... um, trickle-down impacts of all of this. You know, the carbon tax gets applied to what we pay at the pump, and we're going to see the carbon tax on gas go from 11 cents per liter now to more than 37 cents per liter in 2030. And, you know, for those who are going to be able to afford between now and then to get into an electric vehicle, uh, that won't have a big difference. But there'll be a lot of us, a lot of British Columbians, who won't be able to get into that transition at that point. There will be businesses who count on combustion engine vehicles for their fleets. Uh, there will be trucks that will require gasoline and diesel. Uh, so all those costs add up, and it's continued pressure on business. Some of this is offset by credits that the government is putting into place to support uh, the impact it has on those that make the least. But for a lot of people, there won't be the right that then enough crediting in place to support them, and that especially applies to some big emitters, some big businesses that operate in BC, and, and their business is so crucial to the way that our economy operates. Uh, as you were saying, uh, the rate will increase every year and eventually will be up to 37 cents per litre. Right now it's 11 cents per litre every time you, you gas up. Uh, it goes up on April 1st of every year. Uh, right now, as I said, 11% per litre. So uh, on April 1st, so uh, by the end of this month, 
you'll be paying 14 uh, cents per liter. Uh, so you, whenever you go um, buy gas, it's going to go up by another th- uh, three cents, another three cents after that, and then on and on and on it goes. But when you look at this also, Richard, uh, it also it's going to apply to propane. It's going to apply to natural gas. Uh, the tax increases are going to pl- apply to uh, jet fuel as well. So anytime if you're going on a trip to Mexico, I can guarantee you a mu- year after year, those costs are going to be uh, impacting your tickets as well. Uh, has there been any conversation in government? I, I, and the challenge I have with it, I, and I understand putting a price on carbon, and we want to make that energy transition. But we're one of the few jurisdictions, the subnational economies or national economies that brought in a carbon tax uh, back in um, when Gordon Campbell was premier. Not many jurisdictions followed what we did. Isn't it better to just pause it for a moment, wait for other jurisdictions to catch up, and then worry about moving forward from there? And we saw part of that, Jazz, with you know the way that Ottawa brought in its standards. BC was ahead of the game. Other provinces had to catch up to us. But now that catch-up has happened, and Ottawa is largely driving a lot of this, but the burden falls on the province. And one of the challenges is trying to create that offset for businesses. In uh, 2024, large emitters like pulp and paper mills, oil and gas operations, mines, they're going to actually be moving to a new carbon pricing model. Part of this is an attempt to better understand the challenges that those businesses face. So rather than requiring emitters to pay the carbon tax up front and receiving incentive payments, uh, the new system will exempt them from carbon tax and instead evaluate emissions performance on the basis of recording at the end of each year. So it's a change that changes the burden. But you're right about you know, where do we land? Like, do do governments fully understand the impact of imposing these taxes at such a, a rapidly increasing rate? Like, think about this. You, you mentioned Gordon Campbell brought this tax in. It was 15 years ago. Since between now and then, we're now at $50 uh, a ton. Mm-hmm. Seven years from now, we're going to be at $170 a ton. So we started in slow slowly moving up, and now we're at the point where we are growing this rate exponentially. And the hope, the the rationale behind this is to fuel our economy on renewable resources. Site C will be able to fuel something like 1.5 million vehicles year-round, electric vehicles. But the question is, where do we find the charging stations? Where do we find the vehicles? We know that companies are having a hard time getting the parts to get those vehicles to market. If all economies are moving this way, uh, can these car producers really find enough minerals to produce the batteries to get these cars on the road? There's a lot of assumptions being made here, Jazz, and I worry that uh, the burden is going to fall on the consumer. Uh, Government needs to be there to help support that burden if all of the assumptions they made uh, don't come to fruition. I had Jonathan Wilkinson on uh, the show last week uh, after they announced uh, 1,800 more uh, charging stations uh, would be uh, subsidized by the federal government, would be built here just in Metro Vancouver. It sounds wonderful and it, it is a good news story, but you need thousands and thousands of more when it comes to range anxiety, number one. And number two, 
you know, when you look at um, the cost of these electric vehicles, uh, you know, you, you look at the Ford F-150, that's uh, an expensive vehicle. A uh, Tesla is still going to set you back thousands and thousands of dollars, well past $50,000 uh, a year. That, that's not your typical family vehicles. Until electric vehicles, I would argue, get into that twenty-five dollars to $35,000 sweet spot, maybe a little cheaper than that, uh, then we're talking. But to think in that time that people are going to continue to pay an increase in carbon tax when they still haven't purchased their electric vehicle, many condominiums, many buildings can't retrofit it. Uh, there's a lot of work we have to do as a society to make this energy transition. But to continue to uh, you know, jack up the carbon tax this fast in the context, within the context that 40% of humanity lives in China and India, 60% of humanity lives in Asia, their lifestyles, their, their standard of living is rising. That's a good thing. Uh, but to think that one jurisdiction here in British Columbia, the subnational economy, with five million people, roughly equal to one fourth the size of Beijing, one third the size of New Delhi, can somehow have significant impact on the globe, and we're asking everyday people to pay this increase when they gas up. Number one, just today I've had the mayor of Vancouver on trying to justify a 10.7 percent property tax increase for residents in Vancouver. It could be significantly higher for people in Surrey and many other communities. I mean, there is a limit here, and I I, I believe that we should put a price on carbon, but we are so far ahead. I don't know how they sell this to the public over the next two or three years. Yeah, and, and one of the say, selling points now is, oh, it wasn't our responsibility. It was the federal government who brought it in. People don't care which level of government brings it in. They want to ensure the government's there to support them. And, you know, the province has tried to work through these climate action tax credits to support those who are hurt the most by this, but it's larger than just a financial burden. You mentioned that the challenges of finding the car, the cost of the car, And then where are you going to charge it as well? Many buildings, as you mentioned, don't have the capacity to retrofit to have those charging stations inside the parking garages of large condominiums. One of the suggestions is that as we build density, people get away from their cars. People aren't ready for that yet. You know, getting your kid to soccer practice on a Wednesday night and to piano on Thursday and to book club on Friday, not all of that is accessible by transit, especially in a place like Metro Vancouver, where although we're building our transit infrastructure, there are a lot of black holes there. So selling this to the public is going to be hard when the pieces we need in place to subsidize it, to support it, are not there yet around transit and then just a larger idea of business that relies on this and, and what are their alternatives uh, to, you know, change the way that they've been doing things for so long to, to you know, reduce their emissions, but like what are their options to get to that point and, and will they be um, sunk in cost far more before they can make those changes? Let's go to Rick in Surrey. Hi, Rick. Hey, guys. I, you know, I was thinking the exact same thing you did. It seems like Canada and specifically, you know, our, our Prime Minister, we're punishing Canadians more than any other country in the world in the name of climate change. And I just don't get it because this seems to be keep getting worse. You know what I mean? In terms of the cost, it's like we've handed the oil and energy industry to other countries already. That's gone. And the state seems to be doing the same thing. So I just don't understand why we're doing this. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think we have a role to play, uh, and you can't just expect developing nations uh, to, and hand the problem to them because the last 200 years we have burned fossil fuels to build our economies, and we have a role to play. But you, you can't 
isolate yourself from the family budget. It's just that simple for me. You know, the, the mom and dad, whoever you are, whatever family you're with, whatever you're doing every day, it costs money to live in this city. And to, to, to add up uh, this every single year, April 1st onwards, a three cents a liter, four cents a liter, add to that property tax increases, it, something's got to give. You're going to have a tax revolt and you're not going to solve the core problem that you want to. So I think you've got to be a little careful uh, when you start talking about these significant increases because there's no reward at the end of it in 2030 saying we we're charging 37 cents per liter because I guarantee you they're not doing it in China, they're not doing it in India, and they're not doing it in the U.S. as well. Uh, so it's not just developing nations, it's it's the Western world as well. So you got to be careful uh, when you when you um, decide to add these types of costs to a family budget. Let's go to uh, Breton in Pitt Meadows. Hi, Breton. Hey, I think these taxes should be uh, spread more equitably, more evenly. And I don't mean across the world, I mean across B.C. Because our LNG industries. They're already, um, they get it rebated. Anything over $30 a ton of CO2 is rebated. As, and, uh, as if that wasn't enough, they're already getting breaks like uh, deferring construction costs and kickbacks on the income taxes. But just on the concept of carbon taxes, it feels like I'm starting to pay more carbon taxes than them. And these are the, the big polluters out there because we know how much of that gas leaks right into the air as they're extracting it. So mm-hmm. instead of making us pay more, maybe these other industries can start paying some. Brent, thank you for your call. I mean, it's not a, a bad point. I would argue that the, the 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 incentives that they get to get this project past the finishing line is one of the reasons they do that. Yeah, but sorry. but they'll be paying a lot of tax over those 25 years of this deal, and it'll be, I think, a half a billion dollars in tax coming into the provincial government every single year once they're up and running. So there's important – but you, I get your point. You're absolutely right that we have some responsibility uh, in regards to this. Uh, Richard, some final words from you on this. Uh, the government's still Victoria and feds still – plan to move forward on this. I just I just worry that we are really on the verge of a tax revolt somewhere between the you know, municipal tax increases and what we're seeing here now at the pump. And part of it is going to be offsetting credits, but I don't think people see it that way. They don't add up all these credits that come from government and get rebated on your taxes. It doesn't feel that way when you show up at the pump and you look at those signs and see how much gas costs. And you look at that big bill, you're going to show up for property taxes and see what that looks like. So there is a challenge government has here to explain the rationale behind it. To the last caller's point, though, there needs to be an explanation that these businesses contribute to the economy, but they also have to contribute back to cover the cost of what they are putting in in terms of emissions. And our economy has diversified so much away from this and still crucial sectors for us, but there needs to be a better understanding that they are paying their share and not the burden falling on everyday Ab- British Absolutely. Clients. Richard, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Seth.